to Architecting. I'm your host, Angela Mazzi. You made it. This is the landing pad for raw honesty about connecting your career with your purpose. I'm going to give you the tools you need to be an unapologetic advocate for yourself and others, because if you're here, you believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world for all of us. If you're with me, let's get architecting. Hey, Bright Lights, it's Angela and welcome to this episode of Architecting. So you are sitting here saying, why am I not getting the promotion I want? I feel stuck. I don't feel seen. Maybe I don't feel appreciated. Certainly at this time during the great resignation, we're all kind of wanting to explore a little bit more about what's possible for us. Having gone through the ordeal and transformation to all of our lives that the pandemic created, we no longer take for granted the status quo. We're starting to realize that work doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to function a certain way. So where does that leave us? I think a lot of people have for sure been feeling extra doses of overwhelm, burnout, and stress but also a certain discontent, right? We've had it. We've reached the breaking point. And that's why people are starting to question, especially I read an article recently, some of the most experienced seasoned people in their 40s and 50s who are well established and successful in their careers are going, yeah, not so much. And we've seen it happen at our firm. It's really, really shocking to see that people would abandon something that they invested so much time into. But when you take a deeper look, what you see is that they're not abandoning their passion or their purpose. They're simply abandoning the channel through which they are running it because they're seeing limitations. And when we see limitations on ourselves, we have two choices. We can resign ourselves and say, oh, that's the way it is. And that's usually a fear-based response because it's safe to plateau, to stay in your comfort zone, to do what's expected, not to rock the boat. Or you can say, this isn't working for me. How do I recraft it? Now, it can look like a complete career left turn where you go in a very different direction. But it also can look like recrafting the way things work at your current firm. It can look like inventing new roles and responsibilities. It can look like exploring new directions in the field. It can look like creating different titles. It can look like embracing the future by going off in a bold new direction. So do you create a maker's lab? Do you create a research department? Do you start doing field studies? Do you get into design build? I mean, there's so many ways, right, that we could take practice and redirect it in different ways. And that would align with 
some of the people that work in the firm and help them feel more purposeful, more attuned, and more excited about what they're doing. It can also look like sponsorship. Now, sponsorship is a term that's been around in the corporate world for a while, but it's really starting to get a lot of attention because we've been focusing a lot on equity and wondering why leadership doesn't look more like the composition of the company, why leadership doesn't appear on the outside to be representative of the company. And sponsorship is a way to kind of bring that diversity in, in a way that is fair, because we don't want to have token representatives of a racial group or a minority group or women or whatever in the workplace, because that breeds a lot of resentment. People will question, did they get that job just because they had a certain tag on them, right? A label that said, oh, we need one of those, grab it off the shelf. And in the meantime, someone who didn't have that label on them, who was more qualified, gets passed up. That isn't fair. And it's not going to get you anywhere as a company because people will leave when they feel there's no opportunities. Sponsorship is very different from that. You can think about it as talent mining. It's really about creating professional relationships between an employee and the senior leaders. Because of this relationship, it's a structured relationship, there is an opportunity for the senior leader to get to know the next level down, right? The people that are ripe for promotions and start to get to know them, get to better understand their capabilities, and then to be an advocate for them. So it really becomes a strategic leadership and career development practice. Now, you might think, well, that sounds like mentorship. It's really not, even though there is some level of overlap, but mentorship is really about working with someone more experienced, who provides advice, guidance, support, encouragement. That helps with career development, but it doesn't help you get the promotion. That's where the sponsorship comes in. The sponsor is investing in you. They are spending their political capital within the firm to clap you up, to share their experience of you with their colleagues. They are the ones who hear about opportunities and can advocate for you to get them versus a mentor who's just helping you to develop professionally. The sponsor is actually, think of them kind of like your agent, right? They are tapping in, matching your skill sets up to available opportunities, and then working to place you working to get you those chances to shine, working to position you to increase your visibility. Through that, you know, as we've talked about many, many times when it comes to networking, right? When people know you, when they know you're passionate, when they know you do good work, they think of you. 
So when opportunities arise, they'll go to you. And sponsorship works that same way. You are giving your senior leadership a chance to know you so that they can go to you. And it's important because if we ever want to have a diverse leadership pipeline, we have to get to know everybody and see their potential and position them the right way so that they are qualified to be promoted and nobody is going to question it because it's going to make so much sense that of course that person was made an associate or senior associate or however your firm is structured because I get it. I've seen them meet the qualifications for the job. Research shows that when you have a sponsorship program, the opportunities to have challenging experiences and assignments increases by 70%. So this can look like having more responsibility, having horizontal moves and job rotations so you get a breadth of experience, being asked to work on new initiatives or getting appointed to task forces or project teams for special focus things or committees, all of which help to showcase your talent. It also helps create those developmental relationships so that you can find mentors because mentors come in many different shapes and forms. You may have a mentor to help you with public speaking and another mentor to help you with technical work. You can have a lot of different mentors, but your sponsor can help you find those mentors and coaches so that you can really cultivate skill sets so that no one will look at you and say, you didn't deserve that. You will have solid skill sets. Sponsors also realize that by reaching out, by sponsoring, that they are getting different points of view, coming to the table, informing leadership, which we know strengthens teamwork and decision-making, helps the company perform better, boosts innovation, and helps you better connect with the clients you serve. So if you are doing a lot of work in school systems, or in public health, or in low-income communities, when the team looks like the community, it builds more trust. It looks right, it feels right, and the team inherently has knowledge of the issues, and it's not something they read in a book, it's lived experience. What is important if you think, I, that sounds good, sign me up, how do we do this? Well, first of all, sponsorship really should not be some informal thing that just you got lucky. It should be something that is part of the company's leadership development strategy. And it should be looking for talent and experience that will align with who the company is and what strategic directions that the company wants to go so that it continues to evolve without losing its identity. It should be targeting the high potential diverse talent and how can we lift people up. And this one is really, really important. It 
needs to avoid the like me bias. I have to confess in this case that I struggle with that one, right? I am a go-getter. I am very passionate. I believe that the conduit of projects only represents a small percentage of what our work actually is. And I am 100% committed to expanding my work beyond the range of projects. As a result, I can fall prey to believing that everybody else has to do that. Can we not reward the project manager who coaches his team, who has high-performing projects and satisfied clients, and who really cultivates skill sets of every member of the team? They are benefiting the company so much more because of the way that they can coach the team or the way that they can build trust with clients. They're clearly contributing to the performance of the firm, but they're not looking like me, right? Or what about the specialist who only does their thing, but they're so good at their thing that they're really helping the firm to make a quantum leap. They're not really pushing a point of view. They're not really on a million boards and committees and things like that. Do we not see value in what they're bringing? And it can be tricky, right? Because if we are successful, we all have a bias that our way is a good way. And we're looking for people that are interested in doing it the way we do it. And if we were to mentor someone, we would give them the advice that we wish someone had given to us or maybe did give to us, we would show them basically the recipe for how we did it. And we would try to help that person emulate our path to where we are today. In doing that, we can create a lot of problems because that person may not resonate with our path. That person may have value that we are letting go fallow because we're trying to push them to do things they don't really want to do or have interest in because we value those things and they don't. So we have to be really, really careful in the sponsorship role that we avoid that like me bias, that we don't think leadership can only look like the leadership that we provide. And finally, we need to have some good criteria for that because we want to make sure that we are really including everyone, that we are developing diverse talent. If everybody that we worked with was exactly like us, the company would be lopsided. It wouldn't be successful. We need the diverse points of view the diverse skill sets, and we need to be willing to let other people grow into being leaders, not thinking because they were hired 10 years ago that they're still junior staff, which is very easy to do. Time goes by quickly. We formed an impression of that individual, and we tend to try to mentally keep them there. 
which isn't fair to them and it isn't fair to the farm because we're being cheated out of their potential when we don't grow it in them. If you want to be a sponsor, if you want to initiate a sponsorship program, there are some things that you need to think about, some critical questions to really ponder. One is, are you invested in actively thinking about and discussing the development of the next generation of leaders? Or do you feel threatened? If that's the case, then you have more work to do before you're ready to put a program like this in place. Are you committed to enhancing diversity, equity, inclusion in key leadership roles? Or are you only going to find the gaps in the skill sets? and use those as a reason to deny a promotion. If you see a gap in a skill set, it's your responsibility to fill the gap, not use the gap against that person. Do you have skills and expertise and political acumen within the company that would allow you to promote somebody? Are people gonna listen when you actively pitch someone for a role or an opportunity? Are you committed to sharing your time and expertise or are you never going to have time to get to know this person? That's the case. You are doing them a disservice and wasting their time. Now, I had volunteered for this fellowship mentor program through the AIA where they were matching us as fellows with younger people. And I thought, oh, this will be a great opportunity. This should be fun. And they created this pod of three fellows, three emerging professionals, and nobody has time to meet. We have had one call in three months. Who is benefiting from this, right? It is actually wasting the time of these three emerging professionals because they've gotten cheated out of what was supposed to be a year of mentoring And part of that's their own fault, too. If nobody in this group can ever make an hour to meet, nobody is very committed, and it is a waste of time. It is allowing a whole year to pass without anyone benefiting because I'm not able to mentor other people because I'm assigned to this pod that isn't willing to meet. If you see that going on in your own organization, you need to change things up because it's not helping anyone. Finally, are you willing to actively identify stretch assignments? There's a reason that people in leadership are in leadership. And for those who aspire to be there, it's not that we're going to wave a magic wand over them and promote them. They have to be ready for the promotion. They have to earn the promotion. They absolutely need to be qualified. How do we do that? We have to put them out of their comfort zone. We have to give them stretch assignments. And it may be a five-year project. Someone that you sponsor may be a ways off from ready. Someone else may only take a year. But what's important is that you are willing to identify how that person needs to grow, where their gaps are, and that you are willing to give them the opportunities incrementally. I mean, if I were to give somebody who is five years out from deserving a certain promotion or role the same assignments to stretch them as I gave somebody who is one year out, they would crash and burn. And then their confidence would be eroded. 
So I had to step it, right? There have to be those incremental steps so that the person can move into the opportunity. Now, I've been talking about this a lot from the point of view of the leader because that's where I am at this point in my career and saying, how do we implement a sponsorship program? How do we find these people? How do we grow them? You may be listening from the point of view of the person going, pick me. I want to grow. I want the chance. I'm sick of being passed over and not being seen. And maybe your company doesn't have a sponsorship program. So what do you do? First of all, you look for the opportunities. You don't wait for permission. You don't sit there and let yourself off the hook just because nobody called on you and then just stew in your resentment. You ask for opportunities. You volunteer for things. You recognize that just showing up on your projects isn't enough. You form a relationship with anyone who is in any capacity of leadership. Maybe that's your project manager. And you tell them what skills you want to cultivate. And you ask for opportunities on projects, right? These are the baby steps. How could I lead a client meeting? How could I resolve a construction issue? How could I help determine how to schedule the project from a very micro scale? Maybe it's just, I'm going to schedule what we do this week, or I'm going to schedule what we do to our next presentation with the client. If you are interested in something like research or sustainability, how could you introduce that to the project if it's not happening already? You could go to some of these thought leaders in the firm that are specialists and you could say, how could I work with you? How could I introduce some of this to my projects? How could I develop this skill set more? And as you do that, you start to get attention. You start to build very, very foundational leadership skills. You are generous with your time. You don't say, I'm too busy. You look at other professional organizations that can help you develop some of these skills and expertise as well. And you join them. And you don't just show up. You volunteer for leadership roles. Do they need a committee chair? Raise your hand. Do they need someone to lead this study? Raise your hand. Do they need someone to be part of a task force? Raise your hand. Because, as I said, many of the skills, many of the spectrum of what we do, practice is a tiny fraction of. It's a narrow conduit. So if all you ever did was focus on what you did on your projects, you would not be developing this wide range of skill sets. So look to develop them. And if your company doesn't have a sponsorship program, ask if you can help to start one. Ask if you can convene a group, and it makes sense that that group should include staff at every single level to talk about where are the gaps in leadership? Where could we fill those in? Who could we begin to identify? How could we do it? I would suggest that you have both a mentorship and a sponsorship program because some people are better qualified to mentor someone in a gap skill. 
Sponsors have to be that senior leadership, and they have to be willing to take on the championing of a few people. If it's more than two or three at a time, they're not going to be able to do it. You are going to have to think about how that works, how that gets passed on. What is the path to becoming a protege to a sponsor? Because you aren't going to be eligible to that until you have reached a certain point in your career. It is not worth a senior person's time to sponsor the new intern that just got hired who has just graduated and really doesn't have experience. A sponsor needs to start looking at people seven to 10 years in. Those people who have potential who we can cultivate into leadership positions. It's important to do this because if we don't consciously cultivate talent, the default setting is that everybody in a leadership position looks the same. And that's actually very dangerous to the company because it can stagnate that way. It can become very myopic. And in this world of questioning our career path, of market fluidity, of people feeling increasingly discontent. If you want to thrive, you have to be a vibrant and dynamic workplace where people feel like they can become their best self. Then you will attract the talent and you will retain them because they want to stay. Thank you all for listening today. I so appreciate you listening. If you would like to support this show, the best things you can do are tell a friend about us, subscribe, and write a review. All of those things help to increase the number of people who listen in, which helps to increase our impact. I know I said thank you on Thursday's episode for helping us become number 20 in podcast magazines, top 50 moms in podcasting, and things like that really do make a difference to letting this message and this community have more impact. And you are part of that. And I am so, so glad you are here. If you would like one-on-one coaching, I still have a couple spots left. They are going fast. Email me, Angela at architectingpodcast.com. You can DM me on Instagram at architectingpodcast, and I will set up a free call just to get to know you better, understand what you want to work on, and decide if it is a good fit for us to work together. I don't take on every client. I'm not just looking to fill my calendar. I'm looking to really be able to identify people that I know I can make an impact in your life and you are ready to do the work of being coachable. If this sounds like you, reach out to me and we will talk. Until next time, take care, everyone. for listening. You made it all the way to the end of the episode, which means you are committed to making yourself a priority so you can be empowered to do the work you were called to do in the world. How amazing is that? If you would like even more content just like this, please remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
I would so appreciate it if you left an honest review too. Hey, I want you to know I'm here for you beyond the boundaries of this podcast. You can follow me on social media at Architecting Podcast or visit architectingpodcast.com to download some great free resources. Take care, everyone, and stay inspired. (music) 